0: Email customercare at loranoils.com for a list of distributors and retailers near you and tell them Marge sent you. Hey everyone, welcome to Bite Me, the show about edibles, where I help you take control of your high life. I'm your host, Marge, fellow home cook that loves to create and eat edibles on probably an almost embarrassingly regular interval. Which brings me to an interesting question. How often do you consume edibles? If you want to let me know, hit me up at bitemepodcast.fastmail.com because I'd love to hear. I don't really smoke cannabis, very rarely, but I eat edibles almost every single day. And I'm just curious, am I alone in this? I like to think that I'm not, but if you're listening to this show, you're also a regular consumer of edibles, but who knows, maybe you're just enjoying them as a occasional treat and it's sort of a side juncture to your smoking habit, or maybe maybe you're curious, you've never tried them at all and you're just wondering what all the hype is about now that it's becoming more mainstream and more legal in different places. If you're in Canada, hello fellow Canadians, of course you enjoy a legal landscape. If you're in the States, Things are changing. It's legal for a lot of you, still legal for many of you too, but fingers crossed that'll also change. And around the world, things are happening, finally. And I'm not sitting in my home office right now recording this, looking over my shoulder thinking, shit, what if somebody hears me say the word weed or cannabis or whatever the hell you want to call it? Things are changing. And for the better. I mean, there's still a long way to go for sure. But yeah, how often do you consume edibles? Again, let me know. I would love to find out. This week, we have a few things as per the usual. Again, I'm going to try and keep this at it around 20 minutes. So you can slide this in amongst your other favorite podcasts out there. But this week is episode 30. Can you believe that? I can scarcely believe it myself. And so if you've been listening for a while, supporting this show, thank you. Thank you so damn much because I wouldn't be sitting here recording episode 30 if it wasn't for somebody like you who actually took the time out of their day to hear what I had to say to learn more about edibles. And if you're just joining us for the first time, well, friend, you have got 29 other episodes to catch up on and I hope you do. So episode 30, pretty exciting stuff. On that note, I know I keep talking about the website that I'm building to go along with this podcast. And of course, I am no uh, web design expert. I did get some help to do some of it, uh, which is much needed. But of course, some of the final tweaks and things are taking me longer than of course I thought. But isn't that always the case with any of these types of projects? Maybe if I eat fewer edibles in the evenings and concentrated more on the website, I might get done faster, but I'm almost there. So what I'm going to do right now, friends, is a three-week promise. I'm giving myself a self-imposed deadline of March 1st. I think that's three weeks, give or take three weeks, and I'm putting this out there right now because now that I've told all you all, I can't exactly just make up excuses as to why I didn't get done. I'm so close to being done too. At least I think I did have a bit of a crash the other day. So that sort of set me back a little bit. But you guys don't need to worry about that. So three weeks, you guys, I'm going to have this shit done. And if you want to be notified by email when it comes out, again, shoot me an email at bite me podcast at fastmail.com. And I'll be sure to put you on my small but growing email list. And you will be Notified when the website is live. And I'm hoping to have some good resources on there. It's going to be a work in progress, but again, something that will pair nicely with this weekly show. In other news, my vegan chocolates turned out really nice. I think I was mentioning last week, I kind of wish that they were bigger or, sorry, a lower dose so I could eat more than one. But I've been eating those uh, for the last week since I recorded this podcast and I'm pretty happy with them. I'll be giving some of those away for Valentine's Day too. So if you're one of those special people in my life that happens to be listening to this, just pretend you didn't hear that. You're probably going to get them in some kind of nice little jar or something like that. Enjoy them yourself. But yeah, I would highly recommend. And if you didn't hear that was from last week's episode, treat yourself and had some really easy vegan chocolates, no baking or anything like that required pretty hard to screw up. Which brings me to my newest segment of what did Marge make this week? It should sometimes also be called how did Marge fuck up this week in making her edibles. It actually wasn't that big of a deal. So again, in the cookbook that I have, Edibles, Small Bites for the Modern Cannabis Kitchen, I've been eyeing this recipe for ever since I got the book. And they're cardamom caramels. And from the text in the book, I thought these would be pretty difficult to make. And this might be a good time to mention this month's theme for February is getting fancy. So I thought, you know, that might fall into that category as something perhaps a little more involved to make, but it turned out they were really easy. And that could be a dangerous thing because with the ease of creating them comes the ability to make them all the time. And they are essentially heavy cream, corn syrup, and sugar with a few extra spices and stuff added in. I'm sure you could find great caramel recipes online if you don't have that particular book. But this one did turn out very nice. And again, really easy to make. You kind of make it. The other thing you do need to have for this recipe is parchment paper and a thermometer. They recommend an instant read thermometer. They recommend a candy thermometer because you can clip those to the sides of your pot and it'll keep a consistent reading of the temperature of your candy that you're making. I didn't have one of those. I have just good old fashioned instant read thermometer that I typically use to make sure my chicken is fully cooked and that kind of thing. But it worked. And I mean, it did mean I had to hold it on the pot because it doesn't have that clip or anything like that. But in a pinch, what I was doing, it worked perfectly fine. But you do need a thermometer because you have to check. I uh, keep checking the temperature and bring it up and down to different temperatures. But other than that, it was pretty simple. And I'm not somebody, I'm not a candy maker. I haven't done much candy making in my life. I can't even remember the last time. I guess when i played around with making gummies. I've tried to make a candy before, but I've never done hard candies or anything like that. And these were really simple to make. And holy fuck, do they ever taste good? They taste so good. If you have a sweet tooth and you like caramel, I highly recommend you find a caramel recipe that you can try either from this book, which I, of course, recommend once again, or a, a recipe that you find on the World Wide Webs. It This one used an infused cannabis butter, which ironically... I didn't have it called for infused cannabis butter and butter on un- non-infused butter of course you could increase the dose if you wanted to by adding all infused butter if you so chose but I would probably recommend you do some quick calculations as to how that's going to affect the end dosing so you know what you're getting yourself into but it turned out when I went to go make this recipe that I've been wanting to make for so long I didn't have any infused butter in my cupboard But what I did have was infused coconut oil. So I did that. I mixed the butter and the coconut oil. And I know there's purists out there who are probably saying, what the fuck, Margaret? What are you doing? That's insane. And as a culinary technique, it's probably not recommended in many kitchens around the world. But you know what? I was working with what I happen to have on hand. And they turned out just fine. The only thing that I would suggest. So basically you're making this caramel mixture, which took a lot less time to make than I thought it would and was much easier to make than I thought it would be. You pour it into a parchment paper lined pan, an eight by eight pan, nice squares. You can easily cut these caramels later and then you let it set for a minimum of three hours. Here's what I did. So I made my caramels and then I had to go to work and do some other stuff and go about my day. And I came back and you had to cut up more parchment paper so you had the paper to wrap the caramels in after you cut them into the individual pieces. But what I did was cut the caramels first. So I took them out of the pan, really easy to do because you had the parchment paper in there. So you just lift them out. I cut it into four and then you keep cutting it until you have pretty uniform sized little caramels. And I was being kind of lazy because I don't think I'd actually cut the parchment paper for wrapping the caramels in like you would like say a Werther's original or something like that. So I just put them back in the same pan. Well, and then I put them in the fridge thinking, so, like, you know, oh, they'll harden up and I can come back after and after I've cut out all my little squares for wrapping them in. They kind of all just, because they were soft and they didn't, they stayed soft for a bit even after they hardened in the fridge, they kind of all just mushed together So now it's once again, you can see the lines of where the cutout caramels were, but they're all mushed together. So I pretty much have to go back and cut them again, but they're not going to look as nice because I didn't just pour it in there. So they're not nice and flat. So they might not look the greatest, delicious, so good. And they do recommend, I used cardamom as a spice in there. It's a nice subtle flavor. They recommend trying all kinds of other spices. It's definitely a recipe I'll be going back to again because I could see how you could, once I recut them, of course, you can wrap them in the little parchment papers and you've got these really cute candies that are nice. You can put them in a tin and give them to somebody or you can toss them in the freezer and it said they will last up to six months. So if you know that you're going to be having an event or something coming up down the road, you want to bring something like that and you might not have the time to make it, they will keep for a little bit. But what a fun recipe to make. So if you're a fan of caramel and you want to look fancy without getting too fancy, this would be a nice recipe to try. Either, again, from the cookbook or find a recipe online and just substitute some of the butter in the recipe for an infused butter. Valentine's Day is coming up. Have you thought about what you're doing for your significant other, for friends, for yourself? Well, I think what I'm doing, I thought I'd share it with you guys. If you have a little bit of infused olive oil in your cupboard and since I've already mentioned it, a thermometer, you could roast yourself a chicken, a lifted roast chicken Valentine's day dinner. And let me tell you, we all know that cannabis does act as a bit of a aphrodisiac, if you will. It's a nice way to sort of get a romantic evening started. And you could finish it with a couple nice caramels at the end of your dinner. The chicken recipe that I saw, again, in my Bon Appetit book, I was going to make that one in particular. Roast chicken is something that's really easy. You know, there's a little bit of prep at the beginning, but you put it in the oven and you can forget about it. And often the vegetables are in there with it too. So there's not really a whole lot you have to do besides do the prep, throw it in the pan, and then you're done. But the one in my book called for, it was like a a lemon scented lifted roast chicken, called for some preserved lemons, which I didn't have and some other stuff. And basically, I realized that I didn't have some of the things I needed for this recipe. But I thought, well, what's to stop me from doing whatever I want? And there is something really nice about a nice olive oil rubbed chicken that makes the skin turn out pretty pretty tasty and yeah and moist and delicious so you would take maybe a three to four pound chicken and two tablespoons of infused olive oil and rub it on the chicken and then you can add whatever spices you're into sometimes basic salt and pepper is the best but choose whatever ones you want and then you're putting it in the oven letting it roast, and as long as you get it to 165 degrees when it's done, that's what the minimum it's got to be to make sure the chicken is cooked. And voila! Two tablespoons of infused olive oil to two to three or four pounds of chicken is going to be a pretty low-dose chicken recipe. If you aren't getting that and you're just doing a one to two pound chicken, you might just cut the amount of olive oil in half. And then you can do the rough calculations as to the cannabis content you do want to keep it probably on a lower dose of course you don't want people to get blasted from their main course in their meal as funny as that might be might not be ideal but you can always cap it off again with a nice dessert say you made truffles last week or the vegan chocolate or you're trying out the caramels or you're doing something else there's all kinds of options where you can sort of increase that dose. And of course, if you're doing a Valentine's Day dinner and you're pairing it with a nice wine or something, you have to keep that in mind as well. But you're going to use a two, couple tablespoons of olive oil for a three to four pound chicken. Of course, if you know that your olive oil is really high dose, you can always mix mix that olive oil with a regular uninfused olive oil just to make sure again that you're not going to overdose your your guests. Or yourself for that matter I thought what a great way to spend a Valentine's Day just to have a nice subtle dose to really relax and enjoy an evening and go from there and this of course doesn't have to be for Valentine's Day this can be any time you're trying to cook a nice meal that you want to impress somebody something like a roast chicken is always a good choice so that's what I would suggest for Valentine's Day if you're wanting to do something special or to treat yourself so do you have plans for Valentine's Day? What are you going to be doing? If you're pressed for time or you don't have a lot of ideas, again, your chicken, you can easily pick up a, a whole chicken at the store with some potatoes and carrots or something pretty simple and voila, you're welcome in advance. And if you do end up doing it, let me know how it turns out. I was going to try it before this show, but of course, I ordered some food through Instacart actually. And the chickens were on sale. Of course, do you think they had any left? No, no. And let me tell you, I had the people who came to my door for the last delivery via Instacart were so nice. They were like the nicest people. I think it was a husband and wife that came to my door. And before you think I'm all bougie because I'm getting all my groceries delivered, I will would like to take a second to let the audience know that my husband and I share a car. And he's self-employed and pretty busy. And oftentimes, I ride my bike a lot of places. I walk a lot. But I often don't have the time or the vehicle to go to my favorite grocery store, which is kind of on the other side of town. They happen to have good sales and the brands I like and all this stuff. And I happen to know where everything is. And If any of you frequent a favorite grocery store and then you go to a new place, you know how much longer it takes you to shop when you don't know where anything is. And I've been using this Instacart for a few weeks now. When I first used it, I was just on the fence. I'm like, eh, I don't know. It does cost money. It's slightly more expensive. But I ended up, do- I ended up doing the membership. I think it's about 10 bucks a month. You could pay for the entire year. But I kind of like the idea of just having a small amount instead of one lump sum come out. And that way, if I wanted to cancel at any point because I wasn't using it, I could do that. And I've used it three times now. And man, it the service really does save you a lot of time and energy from having to go and do that, do the shopping yourself. And on top of that, you can go to multiple stores as long as you have a minimum order, I think, of 35 bucks per store. At least that's in my neck of the woods, that's how it works. So if you wanted to go to a second store, you have to do have to have a minimum amount of items for them to pick up. But yeah, so far I'm finding I'm really liking it. Again, because of the car thing it's not always convenient for me to get to the store. But of course, it remembers past orders and things you've done. So if you're just typically ordering the the staples, the things you're always getting every time you go to the store, like the milk, bread, eggs, you know, that kind of stuff, it's there to remember. So it gets faster every time you order. So I can see myself using the service. Like I said, I was a little skeptical at first when I tried it out. But now that I've used it three times, I enjoy it. Now, this is not intended to become a whole jump on the Instacart bandwagon promotion thing. I am an affiliate for it. So if you want to click on the link in the show notes and try it out for yourself, there is something there for a free trial and then I get the credit for that. A few bucks sent my way, which is always great because it helps support this podcast. So if you want to try it out, if you're like me, or you're short on time, short on wheels, short on sanity, Instacart might be your saving grace. Now, One thing I did not get through Instacart, the last time I went to the bulk barn, I'm looking for the ingredients for this other fancy edible that I really want to make. And really, it's the picture in the book that's got me all gaga over it. And they almost look like sophisticated gummies. And they're not shaped in in like gummy bear forms or like squares, little squares, but they look so beautiful. And I've been wanting to make these also for a long time because they are lovely. But God, trying to track down some of the ingredients for this thing, which is sometimes why I find some cannabis cookbooks a little, I don't know, but I just think you have dried juniper berries at your fingertips or wherever you might be going or, or whatever. And sometimes these things can be more difficult to track down than you anticipated, as I'm finding with this particular recipe. But I'll get into all that next week because I'm going to be trying to make these gummies next week. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, trying to find a good gummy recipe out there is fucking hard. And I'm really trying, maybe I just need to go the corn syrup route. I don't know. But anyway, I'm going to try this one first. I'll let you know how they turn out and what substitutions I ended up having to make. I'm pretty sure I may have to make a few. And hopefully they they end up tasting good because for the time and energy I've put into these, these gummies to this point, the results had better be worth it. That's all I can say. But before I go, what is your number one struggle when it comes to making edibles? Email me at podcast at fastmail.com. You can find me there. That's probably the best place to find me. And I'm also on the socials at Bite Me Podcast and at March, you can find me there sometimes as well although sometimes i take a few into social media hiatuses for a lot of different reasons but i hope you have a wonderful weekend you guys you make something delicious and special either for someone you care about or for yourself and stay high my friends